When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back once again with the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to another great episode of our program. But I got him back again. He is the man behind Lakerholics.net. You've got to be part of the conversation when it concerns Lakerholics.net, all the great community that has come forth and sharing their thoughts on the Lakers as we go forward in what looks to be a great season anyways. He's the man behind it all. It is Tom Wong, a.k.a. Laker Tom. Tom, great to have you back on the show. It's a pleasure, Gerald. Uh, these are the fun times that we've been waiting for for six years. So uh, it's, just, it's just been such a pleasure watching these two games over the weekend. Let's say this right now. The Lakers did the Texas two-step very well. They, they just danced around the Mavericks, and then they danced around the Spurs. They acquitted themselves quite strongly. In fact, your prediction is looking better than my prediction when it comes to the road trip. Just got to make sure that that home cooking isn't too good for Anthony Davis in Chicago, if you know what I mean. But, you know, that's that's something I think TJ and I will go into a little bit more because he's a hometown Chicago person himself. So I'll get into that with him later on this week. But for right now, you and I are going to focus in on what's at hand how have the Lakers performed? And you know what? They've performed very well over the past two games. So far, 5-1 and one overall. Top defensive rating in the league overall right now. A lot of things are going well for the Lakers. I mean, they had a great battle and a comeback from behind in Dallas. The shootout between LeBron versus Luka Doncic, who I was noting before the show, the great in purple and gold, but that's another story altogether. And then completing the Texas two-step in San Antonio with a big win over the San Antonio Spurs. I want to hear your thoughts first off on your impressions with the Lakers and how they acquitted themselves when being down in both Dallas and San Antonio and coming back to win in a pretty impressive fashion. Well, I think the thing that all of us uh, are impressed with is the defense. You know, you hear all of these cliches, defense wins championships, yada, yada, and that uh, you, one thing you can always count on in a game when, when your shooting might fail you is having good defense. And, and we've, just, we've just seen that laid out in, in true form in the last two games. We blew a 19-point lead last night, and in the game uh, against the Mavs, we were frankly lucky to be able to tie the game and, uh, uh, and then dominate them in overtime. But both games really were perfect examples of, of why defense is so important. Lakers didn't shoot well in either game. There were moments when when the other team was looked like they had the advantage or were getting the momentum. And in both situations, 
the Lakers were able to get the stops that they needed at the critical times. And in both games, they actually reached a point where the end of the game where they had, I think, physically dominated and pushed around the other team so much that the other team was exhausted at that point in time. You saw that in overtime against the Mavs, where they just couldn't handle the Lakers in overtime. And the same thing was true in the last three minutes of the game against the Spurs. Every year we've had our coach come out and say, hey, this is the year we're going to focus on defense. And the results have never been anything to really write home about. I thought that starting from Rob Palenka's assembling of this roster is going out there and getting proven veterans who, even though they've been injured or haven't shown the effort in the last couple of years, had resumes that really said that they understood how important defense was and had the talent and the, and the determination to play that kind of defense. And then they went out and got Frank Bogle, known as a defensive coach. Maybe there was a little luck in there that uh, Ty Lue wanted a five-year contract, but thank God for that, Ty, because Bogle's the perfect coach for this team. And as I've said before, I like the fact that we've got two assistant coaches who both were all defensive players in their time uh, on the court and in uh, in uh, they really both add a lot having kid and Hollins in there who both understand defense there's no doubt that this team is really focused on defense and that's what saved us in the last in the last two games I also give a lot of credit for Anthony Davis you know he as soon as he was signed he challenged LeBron James to say you know I'm expecting LeBron James to be an all-defensive first-team teammate of mine. And LeBron, the kind of defense that he's played in the last five games during this stretch, has reminded me of four or five years ago when he was really in his prime. Uh, that combination, and, and then last but not least, the, the guy I predicted in our podcast before the start of the season was going to be the real wild card, and even though he disappointed in the first game against the Clippers, Boy, Dwight Howard has redeemed himself completely. The way that the the Laker fans in Dallas and in in San Antonio were screaming for joy, the way he'd go to the bench and get a high five from the guys after stealing the ball from Doncic or blocking a shot. You got three guys there that are physical as hell and can really force the other team to 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 have to exert themselves to some incredible levels just to stay with them. That defense was suffocating uh, when it really gets going. And and I think that the, I read there in a tweet from somebody that the defensive rating for the five-man lineup with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, and Danny Green was 63.2. Their offensive rating was like 137-something. I mean, that's a difference of 37, and that's like 70 points difference in it. And that lineup has just been lights out for the Lakers. So I couldn't be happier with the way the team has come together. Most importantly, it isn't one of those things where you get off to a hot start by by burying 75% of your threes for the first five games. And this is something that really looks sustainable and even even should get better as we move down the line. They do look really good right now, especially on the defensive end. And Dwight Howard is something I do want to go ahead and address with you right now because you did talk about him as a wild card coming into the season. It's going to go one way or another, and it wasn't just going to be anything in the middle, that's for sure. But I, I will say this, when it concerns Dwight Howard, 
I know a lot of people online, I've been reading a lot of social media feedback and I'm looking at a lot of discussions that were out there and there's a big time movement for Frank Vogel to try and put the imprint with him to start Dwight Howard. Now, I had told you before, I thought Dwight Howard coming into the, the season based on his rep, based on his name, would go ahead and get the start, even though I was already thinking because of last year's performance, JaVale McGee proved to be, at that point, the Lakers starter. I'm not one of those people who are on the train yet to start Dwight Howard. I really like when he's coming into the game, and he is playing the big minutes when they count, but he's also getting his momentum started against the a lot of the bench players that are coming off the bench. He's not starting fresh right away, right out of the gate against the frontline players, so to speak. I like what's going on and when he's being placed as far as the rotation is concerned. I'm not really as enthused if he starts right away. I don't think it would be a bad fit. I just think it's a good fit the way it is right now. And I don't really see changing it being a good thing for the Lakers at this point in time. You know, that's an interesting discussion because I think this, I've sort of waffled back and forth between wanting to start. I mean, when you look at the stats of the five-man lineup with JaVale McGee at center or the five-man lineup with Dwight Howard at center, the differences are astonishing because that starting lineup is negative with JaVale's numbers playing with the other four starters. And Howard's numbers are, are obviously very, very impressive. At first, I was a little hesitant of wanting to start Dwight just simply because I wanted to, I wanted to keep that sort of, I've been to the bottom of the pit, and now I'm rising up type of feeling that you wanted Dwight to keep that ego in check and not let it get out of line. And I think that he's, he's done a remarkable job with it. I give a lot of credit for that to the fact that he's playing with, with LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis. It's a lot different than that because it's it's not like it was with Kobe where Kobe would just disdain him and basically walk away. He really respects Davis and, and uh, James, and I think that that makes a big impression on it. Frank Vogel had an interesting take on it, and I tend to think that I've been so impressed with the job that Frank has done that I, I basically lean on him to make that decision. And what he said essentially was he's not going to change the starting lineup while we're winning. You know, and this is right after he'd earlier said that, well, after five games, it's, you know, I usually like to get my starters five games and then we'll see what happens. And then he also talked at one point in time about actually alternating the starting centers and, and point guards between Bradley and, and uh, Rondo and the center position between McGee and, and uh, Howard, depending upon the matchups. And I actually kind of like that idea, even though I think most of the players really like to get a I could have a determined role so they know exactly when and where. They want a routine. They, they kind of yeah, want a routine. Yeah, that routine is important. I think that what's going to happen is I, th I think it's a smart move by Vogel because one thing I noticed a little bit of is that McGee has gotten a little bit down. And I don't want to see that because he's still, he's still an important cog on the team. So it may well be that this is one of those situations where McGee continues to start, but Howard finishes games and plays more minutes, you know, unless the situation reverses itself and McGee comes back and starts to play well. The energy that Howard puts out and, and the effort that he makes, and, and he's an injury-prone guy too, so you don't want to discourage other players on the team from everybody getting their shot. And I think Vogel's done a terrific job of that so far. He's made the right decisions almost every time he pushes a button 
he's got the right instincts and, and the right things happen. Now, we've only in six games. We'll see. I'm sure there's going to be some times when, when he puts somebody in the game and they don't do what he's supposed to do and or he takes out a hot player and he gets criticized for that and we're going to lose some games probably just because of situations like that because it's a long season and in 82 games, anything can happen. We're talking about a season where you could lose anywhere from 25 to 30 games and still yeah. be considered an upper right. echelon team. So Yeah, definitely. It's not necessarily like batting in baseball where two-thirds of the time you're going to make it out. But still, so I tend to agree with you there, Gerald, that I would leave the lineup as it is now. I want to see McGee play better. Um, his defense hasn't been bad. He's still under 100 defensive rating, but he's not anywhere near the impact that Howard is having right now. But once our shooting starts to improve, which I think it will, uh, then there'll be a lot less pressure, I think, on the defense. But right now, our defense is carrying us. And I, and I don't think Frank Vogel's ready to make a change as long as we're doing as well as we are. It's only up from there when it concerns the shooting. I mean, it can't get much lower. Right. Well, the, the good thing is that we're keeping the other team from shooting, too. So that always helps. You know, I mean, we do have, like, you know, I think in the shoot, I, I don't know what the stats are after the game on Sunday night, but after Friday's game, um, we had a five-point differential in, in shooting percentages from the field. We were shooting 45%, and our opponents were shooting under 40%. And uh, we're holding opponents to a very low percentage from three-point. And, and that's, that's all of the challenging. And that's the combination you need. If, if you lead the league in block shots, which we do, and you're chasing people off the three-point line so they can't shoot there, then the defense is accomplishing what its goal is, which is forcing them to take those long, you know, analytics hated two-point shots, two-point jumpers deep in, in the range there. So I think Frank Vogel's got the right pulse of this team, so almost anything he wants to do at this point in time has got my support. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm speaking to Tom Wong, a.k.a. Laker Tom of Lakerholics.net. you got to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net and just check out all the great articles, all the great comments that are posted, and you see all the feedback right there for you. It's a positive atmosphere, and it's a great time to be a Lakers fan at Lakerholics.net. My friend, I want to ask you this. KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, has been a source of irritation for a lot of people, including myself. His consistency, you cannot deny, is not there yet. But he did provide a big bonus for the Lakers in San Antonio, 14 key points, good shooting, didn't go out of control too much, stayed with himself, played fair defense. I want to ask you this. Is this something you will hopefully see as a trend going forward, or do you see it reverting back to the, well, every once in a while KCP will perform? Because – consistency has never been a part of his game. He's been one of those people that you could go ahead and, you know, just ride him as far as on a two, three game hot streak when he's shooting the ball real well back in his younger days. 
nowadays it's just like seemingly what one every five six games that he he's able to perform just like he has the past two years with the lakers it just hasn't seemingly been a great fit for him so far but do you see better things ahead for Contavious caldwell pope you know i i one of the things i posted uh, today at lakerholics.net was that it's time we gave kcp some credit and some love i thought he had a great game it's funny i was looking through the stats for the latest article that i wrote for lakerholics.net kcp has a 91.6 defensive rating which is incredibly good rating he's played outstanding defense and when avery bradley got hurt late in the game got his uh, got kicked in the, around the knee and, and couldn't finish the game kcp came in and and he hit three shots including two long shots right there at the end that were clutch but more importantly, we didn't miss Avery Bradley's defense down the end of the game. And, and that was because KCP was doing a great job. He was making his rotations. He was, he was aggressive on, on fighting through screens and so forth. You know, it, it's a funny situation because I think most fans don't recognize or don't give KCP enough credit for the simple fact that we probably wouldn't have LeBron James if it were not for KCP. The fact that we had signed him in a contract allowed us to develop a relationship with Clutch Sports and Rich Paul that basically opened the door so that LeBron would gain confidence that he could, you know, come to LA and and this would be the right place for him. And then there's Anthony Davis. You know, this is not like the old NBA when Magic and, and Bird were hating each other all the time. And because right now, almost as important as your teammates are your fellow signees by the same agent. The agent relationships and, and they they treat it as a family and they, they're doing stuff together all the time, off season and so forth. They all care about each other's contracts and such. So there's no doubt that the nine million that we gave KCP was heavily influenced by the fact that he's LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis have the same agent. And I think also influenced by the fact that because they're in the same agent family. Those guys like KCP. They want him on the court. My problem with KCP has been not so much the inconsistency game to game. It's that when the season's over, in all of these seasons that we had before this year, once the season was over, all of a sudden the pressure is off. He started shooting lights out. And then the next season he'd come in and there'd be some problem. Either it was a, a court problem that kept him, you know, where he couldn't uh, concentrate on the game. So I'm hoping that what we're going to see is, you know, he had a terrific camp and was just shooting like crazy in camp. Then he started the season cold as hell. So you want to balance that off. I'm hoping now that he's starting to get some confidence. I know he said himself that he was pushing too hard and, and, and feeling the pressure. And then two games ago, he just said, okay, fine. I'm just going to go out there and play my game and have fun. And I think that he really came out there and did that. I think that one thing that uh, I'll throw this back at you, Gerald, knowing that uh, you're not a Rondo fan because of Rondo's defense. KCP has improved his defensive rating this year so far by over 10 points from where it was last year and previous years. And most remarkably is of the 14 players that are on the Lakers roster when you eliminate DeMarcus Cousins because he's injured, but of 12 of those 14 players on the Lakers roster, currently have a defensive rating under 100. That's 12 guys, including guys like Daniels and Cook 
who basically never gave a dog on about defense. They were assigned because they're shooters. They're both under 100 defensive ratings. So I think when Rondo comes back, what's happened on this team is that Frank Bogle is not going to allow you to play if you don't play defense. And that's been clear to everybody. And then secondly, LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis are not going to be happy with you unless you hustle on defense. So you've got a peer pressure, uh, sort of a contagious attitude on this team that, hey, we're putting we're hanging our hat on defense. And if you don't come out there and you don't buy in 100% like everybody else does in the team, you're not going to play and your teammates aren't going to support you. And I think that that is the single biggest thing that that's happened so good this year and why we're off to the 5-1 start has been the ability of the coaching staff and the superstars on the team to really be in perfect sync with how we want to play the game and what's most important, which is defense. That's true right now, and they are excelling at that. Like you said, 12 of the 14 players under 100 points in defensive rating, which is outstanding. Like you, even, to, you know, like you said, with the shooters, quote unquote, that we got in Troy Daniels, Queen Cook, and some of the others who have not really done well on the, as far as the, what we got them for, as far as from the shooting end, it's still been a very impressive performance that they've gone into the team concept that they bought into what Frank Vogel has been preaching, and that is playing hard enough defense that keeps you in each game. And that's all you can ask, that you can get enough shooting, that you can get enough performance out of the bench, which is what we're basically doing. We're getting two outstanding performances, and we're getting enough from those rest of the pieces to get by, to get those wins, and to help us be in a better position as far as the Lakers are concerned. You know what? It is impressive. You really can't argue it right now because they are leading the Western Conference with a 5-1 and one mark. They've got the second highest point differential right now. So basically, they're we're beating teams. They're beating teams very handily at over 10 points difference right there for you. So that's outstanding. And then they've got really a good nucleus now that hopefully going forward will develop and grow. Kuzma is now back. Not, you know, still shaking off the cobwebs. We're still expecting more from him. But again, it's he's just getting back on the court. He's still under a minutes clause. He's still not exactly become the Kuzma of old as of yet. So give him time. I said before, about two, three weeks before you start seeing those glimpses of the Kyle Kuzma, I think you and I both know. And there still needs to be consistency off the bench. But for right now, we've got some pieces that are doing very well. And most importantly, AD and also LeBron are the pieces that are most importantly to us playing at the peak of their games right now. And it's very good to see. And hopefully going forward, they can go ahead and manage those two, get them the kind of rest they need, still maintain that productivity, maintain that defensive rating, and maintain that status quo for the Lakers going forward for the rest of the season. But it's going to be a good week. You've got Chicago tomorrow, and then you've got Miami on Friday. Your thoughts on the rest of the week on the way out? Well, I just want to throw one more thing out there about Kyle Kuzma. He's one of those 12 players who has the defensive rating in the first two games of under 100. So uh, it's, you know, it, I can't stress how important that is. You know, I've, I've played and coached basketball, and one of the things that is always an important element of chemistry is having everybody on the same page. You know, every, everybody looking to do the same thing, uh, from the coaching staff on down. And, and one of the things that I thought was a harbinger of great success for the Lakers organization 
as we headed into the season was the fact that the front office and Rob Palenka were getting the kinds of players. Since the coaching staff was focused on defense and shooting, the players that we've got are defenders and shooters. So I think as we move forward the season, we're, we're going to even find a stronger team than, than the start we have now. The next week is going to be an interesting one. And actually, the next month is going to be interesting because until we play, I think, on December 3rd or something like that, where we play the, uh, the Nuggets again, I don't think we have a team that we shouldn't be heavily favored to beat as we go along. We shouldn't have any trouble in Chicago unless, like you say, 80s uh, got some problem with home cooking and, and uh, it comes to the game with indigestion or something. I haven't really looked at Miami's record. I noticed that they're three and one at this point in time, and, and they're also ranked up there very high on defense. And Spolster has always been just an outstanding coach. So those are games at Staples, so I don't expect us to have many problems with that. When I looked at the schedule earlier, I felt very strongly that the Lakers could, could at one point early in the season, and let's say we could end up December being 16 and three or 17 and two or something like that. We really have that potential because it's a very easy schedule. Now, naturally, you need to start to fix some of the things that aren't working, the shooting and, and the turnovers. You know, we made a lot of silly turnovers in the last couple of games, and those would kill us. And then we're giving up a lot of offensive rebounding, which is, which is kind of strange because we have such a strong, big front court that you, you don't really expect that with LeBron and, and, and Howard especially grabbing so many boards. But it's those long rebounds that we've been losing. I remember the end of the Clippers game where – Basically, we must have let three, four rebounds in a row go when we could have closed the ground there and made that game more competitive. I expect that we'll continue to have the same sort of offensive struggles over the next couple of games. I think you're probably right, Gerald. It's going to take two or three weeks for Kuz to really start to get his feet underneath him and, and become the number three scorer on the team. I think once he does get himself set back where he's the Kuzma of old and actually starts to... to be the third scorer this team needs and consistently, because we don't have anybody really averaging more than double digit figures, except for AD and LeBron. And you need that third guy. You need that third 20 point or 18, 19 point score to, to really help the offensive side of the game. When you look at all of the problems we have offensively, we're still ranked number 11 and we're still, you know, contributing, you know, we're still the second biggest net difference in points differential in the league. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for improvement that hopefully over the easy schedule the rest of uh, November and December we can, or the rest of November we can take advantage of that and start to get things clicking on all cylinders for the offense too um, and then when the schedule gets tougher and we start to we get back you know and I am looking forward to Christmas when we play the Clippers again and they have Paul George by then and uh, so it'll be a, a fair matchup. The one other wild card that sort of happened this week that I want to throw in that uh, I thought was interesting was comments by four or five players to, uh, I think, I uh, can't remember who it was, uh, but they basically, Andre Iguodala is pretty much set on joining the Lakers if he gets weight and bought out. And so can you imagine the Lakers defense, if you take the SWAT team defense that, that they've created now, and you add Andre Iguodala to that. Leading the league in blocks, so SWAT team yeah. indeed. That was courtesy of Sean Grice, who you know is Magic Man. He's the one who came up with that moniker for the Lakers defense, the SWAT team. 
And I think it's a perfect match, you know, special weapons and tactics is exactly what they're bringing to the defensive side of the ball every night. Well, as long as they're not swatting my home, that's all I ask <laughs> not to do. So, you know, cause that swatting gets kind of dangerous. So please nobody call on me. Nobody call on where I'm at. Nobody swat my house. The Lakers can just stay swatting back out on the floor. That's all I care about right now, but things are looking good for the Lakers. Indeed. I got to hear from you. What's the conversation like at Lakerholics.net and why should people become a part of it? One of the comments that I had on Twitter from a friend of mine was that it's all of a sudden fun to be a Laker fan again. That is just so true. I mean, after six years of controversy on the, on the uh, Lakerholics website where you got half of the people being glass half full and half of the people being glass drained empty. It's just great to see everybody on the same page again and and excited about the prospects, not only because the Lakers are winning, but because of the way that we're winning, the kind of play that we're doing, the focus on defense and so forth. So the conversations have, have you know, we have two or three articles a day from myself or other uh, contributors on the site that are basically stuck to the front page and they they just tend to end up with 20, 30, 40 comments on them. And the commentaries are, are also, you know, really intelligent comments. I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole idea that you finally have something really positive to talk about rather than something negative to talk about. And for six years, Lakerholics have been constantly going, all of the, going through all of the reasons that we are not doing as well as we should be, all of the things that the front office and the coaching staff should be doing so that we'll play better, the players that we should be getting, the players we should be trading for, players we should be signing. And starting this summer with the, with the acquisition of uh, the big trade for Anthony Davis, followed by the chase of Kawhi Leonard and so forth, there's a lot of people on our blog who probably actually right now think that we were better off not getting Kawhi Leonard, not having three superstars that had to figure out how to share the ball and instead use that extra $30 million on Danny Green and Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard and, and all of the players that we were able to land there. The one thing you see in this league is what happens when you don't have any depth in your team. Look at the Warriors. The Warriors all of a sudden went from one of the deepest teams in the league with three or four superstars. All it took was a bunch of injuries and losing all of that depth that they had and they put a lineup out there that basically is a G League team in their brand new arena. So you know, Lakerholics.net is the perfect place to go for anybody who wants to have an intelligent, coherent conversation with a lot of other Laker fans and share your insights and share the things that you love about what's happening with this team, your expectations, and just have fun being a Laker fan. Once again, that's Lakerholics.net. That's L-A-K-E-R-H-O-L-I-C-S.net. You got to check it out today and be part of the conversation. For us right here at Lakers Fast Break, if you have any questions, please let us know. LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Also, Lakers Fast Break on Twitter and Lakers Fast Break on Facebook. We have our own page there as well. You can also send us a comment or send us a question that we would read on the air if you send it as part of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because we're now on Apple Podcasts. We're now on several different podcast outlets, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. The list goes on and on now. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and you listen to us there, 
please, we ask you if you can just go ahead and give us a five-star review because it helps the show out. It gets us into a better stratosphere as far as popularity, as far as interest, as far as being able to be selected by the random listener out there. I believe the five-star reviews or the more reviews you get, it helps you get into that Apple algorithm type thing. So it gets you more notoriety and gets you noticed out there, which is what we're looking forward to so that we can reach all those great Laker fans out there and communicate them about what's going on with the Lakers each and every time we are here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, once again, Tom Wong, a.k.a. Laker Tom, I'll tell you what, it's been great having you on the show once again. I'm looking forward to our next conversation already, hopefully after another great week for the Lakers, as they've done well so far. I'm hoping that continues this week in Chicago and against Miami. I'm looking forward to our conversation next week. And any last thoughts in a way out? Nope, it's just fun to be a Laker fan again, Gerald. Yes, it certainly is, my friend. It certainly is. And all the best to everyone out there this week in Lakerland and to all the Lakers fans. We cannot thank you enough for being part of the show. Thank you so much for listening to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.